Welcome to Kilter. I'm Tink. Back in May, I started a series on genomic testing. I'd been given a discount code as part of the Kilter conference, and I decided to avail it. Today, I'm going to tell you all about my results, and I thought I'd do it by voice as a bit of an experiment in podcasting for Kilter. I hope that you'll give us some feedback and tell us if you like this format or not. We're in the offices of HasGeek, our home base, so you'll hear a bit of noise in the background. Bangalore is not a quiet place to record. It's been a while since the series began, but at long last my genetic test results came in, my genetic counseling session discussed them, and then I followed up with some blood tests to dig deeper into my current condition. Now, it's important to realize that the results of genetic testing are not a death sentence or a guarantee of the future. They are a pointer to possible problems, but so many other things can add or subtract to your risk of disease that genetic testing is almost meaningless without additional investigation. Let me give you a report on the report itself. I had a few entertaining moments with my report. I even laughed aloud on the first read-through. You may remember that back in the first article in this series, I wrote about my slight hypochondria and how among the tests were conditions I'd never heard of, like ankylosing spondylitis. I could spend days worrying that I might have it. Well, it turns out that ankylosing spondylitis is one of the things that got a red flag on my report, so maybe I should have worried. But some of the indicators are clearly wrong. If you've ever seen me in person, you'd know that low likelihood for sunburns and slightly susceptible to freckles are laughably incorrect. Although the report says I'm only medium risk genetically predisposed to migraine, I've suffered them for more than two decades. Now this is a good example of how other factors combine and conspire to create an illness, and that genetic factors alone are only part of the story. I also laughed in a not-so-funny way at the bad writing in the report. It's extremely uneven in tone and quality. There are explanations made about scoring terms that are never used in the report itself. That, combined with vague phrases like slightly higher or low likelihood without a solid reference to a baseline metric, made me question the entire thing. On the other end of the scale, in some sections of the report, they got really specific by naming individual LLs and whipping up a frenzy of scientific buzzwords out of context. A dramatic reading of one of the disease results to an audience of biologists and other scientist friends made them laugh and scratch their heads. What are they trying to tell you here? So it wasn't merely a well-read layperson's confusion. This report was poorly designed and written. But the genetic counseling session made up for some of the confusion. Since I'd spent hours reading and researching my results, I was prepared. I guess not everyone is, because the first question my counselor asked was if I'd read the report. She was a personable, knowledgeable woman who probably talks to a lot of people who are a little bit afraid. We went through each test and discussed the details. She asked about my family history and expressed concern for my reported drinking habits, especially paired with my slightly reduced avoidance of errors and increased risk for addictive behavior result. This sounds worse than it is, truly, but alcoholism does run in my family, so I'm mindful of my alcohol use. One surreal moment for both me and the counselor was when we got to the section on resilience. 
She asked me if I thought I was resilient. I answered with an anecdote. Five minutes before we started our session, my husband in Japan told me that our cat had died in an accident. I was in shock and grief for just a moment. Then I looked at the time and set aside the sadness so I could take the call. So, yes, I am resilient. And I'm not heartless. I mourned my sweet cat later when the time was my own. One of the outcomes of the counseling session was a follow-up report recommending specific blood tests and other exams to assess my current condition. These were suggested as a baseline metrics assessment and to possibly catch any conditions early. All of my blood tests came back in the normal range, so I have no concerns about imminent health issues related to my genetics. Who knows what the future holds? I could end up with ankylosing spondylitis after all, but I'm not going to worry about it today. In conclusion, genetic testing is a fascinating look into your body's details, but as a diagnostic tool, it isn't conclusive, it's imprecise, and there's no way of knowing if your test results are accurate or not. To be honest, there are so many other factors that impact your health that there's a high probability that some condition not flagged in your genetic report could well be the thing that eventually kills you. Go ahead and do it if you're curious, or if you have concerns about conditions that run in your family, but be sure to take your results with a grain of salt. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to visit us at blog.kilter.in for more stories on health, wellness, and nutrition. Or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Slack, or WhatsApp. Thank you.